as we enter into these readings, um, I'd like to encourage you uh, to just ask the question of, of your posture as you show up to Mass, as you come to Mass. Not your physical posture, but uh, the openness of your heart. And even ask the question, am I willing to let God in this Mass uh, change my life? Like change the way I live. Invite me to live in a new way. Because that's really the posture, that's the disposition we want to have when we encounter the gospel. So we don't read the gospel for information. We read the gospel to encounter a person. That person is alive and he loves you. And he wants to draw you into his own way of being, his own way of living. So I just really encourage you, just in the next minutes as I'm, as I'm preaching, hopefully God does something for you, but... We just want to have this openness of like, okay, yeah, as I listen to the scriptures, as I listen to Father Scott try to do his thing, I want to have an openness of like, Jesus, if you want, I want to live in the way that you want me to live. I want to change my life. I invite you to come in and do something new, okay? Because we want to be supple, meaning like malleable. If you've ever tried to work with clay, the clay has to be soft, right? You don't just have a hard piece of clay and be like, do something, make a mug. You're like, you can't, it's hard. So we want to be open. Um, so Jesus here says some things that seem kind of perplexing it almost seems like God is being cruel he says uh, Jesus is talking to the father he says I give praise to you father for although you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned you have revealed them to little ones although you you have hidden them from the wise you've revealed them to little ones First off, one interesting idea throughout the scriptures is there's no advantage to being smarter than others. There's something about the gospel and the way that God works that he never says, blessed are the smart. Now, we should be informed. You want to learn. You want to use your intelligence. Like, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. Um, But just being smarter or wiser doesn't necessarily dispose us to what the gospel wants to do. In fact, there might be ways in which it makes it a little harder. So Jesus says these things, he's talking about the mysteries of God, uh, God's kingdom, Jesus' identity, the gospel. He says they're hidden from the wise and the learned, but they have been revealed to little ones. He says, yes, Father, such has been your will, not just your will, your gracious will. Gracious means kind, benevolent, free. And then he says, no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son wishes to reveal him. So again, there's, it's just numerous times as he's talking, if he can, things feel kind of exclusive. Who gets to know these things? Not the wise and the learned. Who gets to know the Father? Only the Son, and, and those he wishes to reveal it. feels like uh, God's kind of picking and choosing. But what's going on is Jesus is describing um, the manner in which we have to receive the gospel. We have to receive knowledge of God. And there's only one way to receive it, and that's as one of two things, as a son or as a daughter. You cannot know God without being in a relationship with God. You cannot know the Father apart from being his kid and being loved by him. So the Father can't be known at a distance. You can't go to school and get your PhD and learn everything about the Father and be like, now I know the Father. The only way to know the Father is to have been fathered by him. The wise and the learned think that they've got it all figured out. Yeah? How often do you and I think we've got it all figured out all the time? Especially me, because I'm wicked smart. You know what I'm saying? 
Uh, so often I think I've got it figured out and I know how to live. And in doing so, like, I don't encounter God and I don't know him. I'm living life all alone. The only way I can know him is if I let him be God in my life. The only way I can know God the Father is to let him father me and thank God. Because what I most deeply need more than anything else is to be in union with Jesus Christ, to know his love, and to be fathered by God the Father. I need that more than anything. What do you need? You need, it's a need, not just a want, not just a that would be nice, you need infinite love. You need infinite love. The only thing infinite about you is your capacity and your desire. Because your capacity and desire is your openness to God. You need him. You're dependent upon him. That's not a bad thing. Dependence upon God is the one thing you want to be really, really dependent upon because it brings life. So the second part of the gospel is attached to the first part. Jesus is saying the wise and the learned don't get to experience the gospel and to know the Father because they're not, they're not sons and daughters. They're not open. They're not humble. And so too, he says, the only person that knows the Father is the Son and anyone to whom he wishes to reveal him, which means Jesus knows the Father because he's his kid. And he wants to reveal the gospel to anybody who's willing to become a kid again. You say sometimes about certain people, like, they had to grow up fast. That's never a good designation to have, right? I mean, something hard happened. In fact, it usually means that somebody who was supposed to be there uh, wasn't. It often happens with the death of a parent. You say, so-and-so had to grow up fast. There's a way in which the, in the spiritual life, in our sinfulness, we grow up fast. But what God wants to do is draw us back into littleness to show us, like, everything's okay. You can be little. You're going to get taken care of. You don't have to figure it all out. You don't have to be able to do it all. The gospel's about us becoming... Jesus says, uh, unless you become like a little child, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Shoot, right? <laughs> unless you become like a little child... You cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Because why? Again, heaven is about having a dad and being a child. So, no one knows the Father except the Son and those who enter into his own sonship. It's almost as if you can't see the Father's face unless you get in one very specific position, and that's as his little child that he's holding. Imagine a father holding a baby, looking down. Anybody else from any other perspective isn't going to see his face. They're not going to see his eyes. And it's his face and his eyes that reveal his heart, who he is as a father. So the only way for us to know the father and to see his face is to let us be his little children, snuggled up in his arms, looking up at his face that's beaming at us. Only the son knows the father. Only the daughter knows the father. Then Jesus continues. And he's inviting us into this same way of being, to being sons and daughters. He says, come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, I will give you rest. Are you tired? There's a lot of ways to be tired. There's physical tiredness. There's emotional tiredness. It's like being soul tired. Okay? That a nap doesn't take care of soul tired. If you're weary, if you're tired, Jesus is saying to you right now, here and now, in a very real way, please come to me. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. 
for I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves. For my yoke, it's easy, and my burden is light. What's a yoke? A yoke would be a piece of wood that you would put on the shoulders of an oxen for hauling things, for pulling things, right? So a yoke is something that seems burdensome, but Jesus says, no, 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 no. My yoke's not burdensome. It's the opposite. It's light, and it's easy. Because I'm not, I'm not a slave. I'm not a beast of burden. I'm a son. And if you want to find rest for yourselves, come close to me, and I will teach you how to be a son, how to be a daughter. This yoke, it's not burdensome. It's light. It's easy, and it brings rest. I don't think we know the gospel sometimes because I don't think when we think of God, we think of someone who wants to bring rest, who wants to give you a life that is lighter and easier than it is now. There's been a distorted version of the gospel that gets brought to us that says, God wants you to try harder all the time. This doesn't sound like it, does it? No, he says, come and rest. Come and be little. Come and be cared for. Come and be loved. All of the gospel is an invitation into communion. If you ever hear something about the church or God that feels like you have to go and try hard on your own, that's not from God. It's from hell, I promise you. Because God brings us close. He draws us in. He wants us to be sons and daughters. St. Paul's talking about living either in the flesh or in the spirit. When he's talking about the flesh, he's not talking about like your body's bad or something like that. But he's saying the old way of living was living like an orphan on your own, where you trusted only in your own power and you tried to figure it out and you tried to do it all on your own. And it just brings death. But you're no longer in the flesh, you're in the spirit. Because you've been adopted into the life of God. You've been given the Holy Spirit, which is the union of love between the Father and the Son. You've been brought in. So now you can live life in the Spirit. Which means every day, you can open up to God and be like, Hey, Father, I need you to father me. Jesus, come live in me. Holy Spirit, guide me. Fill me with life. Give me rest and peace. Take care of me. The only way we truly find rest is entering into this life, this communion, this union with God. Everything else brings death. So that's why I opened with this question of like, are we willing to let our lives be changed? Jesus is asking you here and now in a real way to come closer to him. He says, come to me. I will give you rest. Because you're tired and you've been trying to do it on your own and you've been scared and you've been lonely, and you've been confused. And it's because you've been alone, you've been doing it on your own, and you're not supposed to. Come to me. Come to me. Take my yoke upon you. It's the yoke of a son. Gosh, to be a son, to be a daughter, to be protected and loved and cherished, to know that at every moment, at all times, you are a joy to God. He delights in you. To receive that truth and to live in it changes everything, even if it doesn't change anything. To know that you are loved and never alone changes everything. It brings rest to your heart and to your soul. Jesus is aching and crying out to bring you rest, to bring you comfort, for you to come home. I'd like you just to imagine being with Jesus and him looking at you and saying the words, come, come to me. And as you imagine it, notice, like, how does he look at you? What's your sense of what's in his heart? Like, what he wants to give you, how he sees you. Maybe how he sees your weariness, your tiredness, 
How does he look at you as he looks at you very specifically and personally and says, come, come to me.